Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, and this week I'm speaking to Nina Vukalic and Rafaela Kacinic, the founders and editors of This Is Badland, the magazine that presents The Other Balkan. The whole question of Balkan identity has been central to the entire project right from the start, but this fourth issue of the magazine is themed Are We Home?, presented as a question that allows them to dive deep into ideas around nationalism, uh, nostalgia and power and politics. But of course they do all that along with brilliantly bizarre photo shoots, uh, playful and provocative stories and the most amazingly characterful and disruptive typography. I'm a really big fan of this magazine so I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Nina and Raffaella from This Is Badland. Nina, Raffaella, thank you so much for making time to talk. Sure, you're welcome. Thank you for inviting us. Um, so you are the founders and editors of Badland. By the way, is it Badland or This Is Badland? This Is Badland. Okay, all right. So I'm going I'm to now give it the proper title, This Is Badland. But I, I, cool. I, should, I should start by asking then, so why This Is Badland? I mean, I want to call this magazine Badland the whole time. What's the This Is all about? I mean, there are so many badlands out there, like it's a quite generic word. So we wanted to be specific that it kind of has this, um, you know, geographic physical connotation with this is, you know, to be more like pointing at the land itself. So it's not just like a vague bird, even though it's still, it still is. Okay. And um, so, I mean, the name was inspired by um, the meaning, actually, because it like Batland means that it's like a bar- it's like a barren area in which soft rock strata is eroded into a variety of fantastic forms, and um, it seemed to emul- emulate this established notions of the Balkans as being the periphery of Europe and a gray zone. Um, with all its negative connotations and not uh, as desirable as other regions and countries. So that was kind of the motivation behind uh, choosing this uh, word. This, so, okay, so, so, so this, this is Badland and this Badland is the Balkans. And I, I'm, I'm totally fascinated by the picture that you paint of this place because I guess for me, as for a lot of other people, it's not a place that I sort of knew an awful lot about before. Is that kind of partly the point? I mean, for sure. Our motivation was, I mean, when Nina and I met, we realized, you know, people, or most of the people that we meet, and now, you know, I was living in Paris, Nina was living in London as well, and we traveled a lot, and but we are also very connected to, you know, Croatia, and we, where we partly grew up when Nina grew up there completely, and people were always just saying, oh, that's so beautiful there. And then it's like, (laughs) full stop, like, oh, I love this island. And it's always like very, like the superficial conversations about it, because there's simply not more knowledge. And, you know, it's small talk, so you don't want to go too deep right away. But we always, (laughs) like, we had the feeling that there's so much more to tell about this area. But even its metaphoric and symbolic uh, realms, actually, because um, we are not just sticking to geography. Janina? No, I just wanted to add that I think that 
um oftentimes it was um referred like in these discussions more political discussions as the other of europe and um you know i find this really interesting and polarizing because um it's got this like really um ambivalent position uh ambig ambiguous position of being um sort of geographically inside but perhaps ideologically outside and that's especially um, um within the history of you know socialism and Yugoslavia and I think also for us you know when we started off we thought about mostly about this former Yugoslavia um, area because uh, that was the like linguistically and culturally um, a part that we were most familiar with and then um, you know we realized quickly on that we uh, don't actually have a lot of uh, references about other areas mm. and that's you know what for us also was like an interesting um, entry point mm, mm. into deeper. Uh, and so, and actually, I, I guess that's something that um, because it's a distinct region, but within that region, there are so many different identities that mm. surely is something that a lot of people from that area will feel. There's a, uh, I, I love the essay at the start of um, this new issue by Alex Error. Um, yeah. Uh, and he's talking about um, just the, you know, the, the kind of um, ugliest and and most um, reductive. Yeah, well, it was, I guess, stereotypical, reductive kind of versions of nationalism. And there's a he's talking about the people who will like chant old nationalist slogans at each other without actually really understanding what they mean. And so, the you know, the there's one that's like apparently only offensive to Albanians. And so it's ridiculous that you're shouting it at some Serbians or something. Exactly. I mean... I really like, I mean, he's writing all like always the same column for every issue, like always something that's homemade. Mm -hmm. And we called it here homemade complex because it's exactly about this kind of like, you know, if you grow up in Germany, for example, and you just know the history of your parents, but you don't really reflect on the broader history and you, you just have like this one dimensional um, perception mm. of the country where your parents are from mm. and then you just feel like you have to be proud even though you didn't you know you 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 you're not really connecting to um the, the the history or the past or the present you haven't suffered through all of this and uh, you have these strong um like you know intentional or not but political statements that you scream and it's just like <laughs> very um you know i mean it's very stereotypical but for a reason like i've grown up in the west of germany and i've seen this and i've been to these clubs um you know just to check it out when i was a teenager and it was terrible i mean i never really understood this whole inverted kind of yeah this cheap um but like nationalistic you know being patriot not mm. just like and saying you're not a nationalist you're just very proud of your country and it's always been so such a weird thing to me i don't know mm. so I, I really i really um thought it was important to address this in this issue when talking about home right and uh, yeah. Because so so this issue is uh, it talks about home, but again, uh, it's not as simple as the home issue. So this is are we home as a question. So so I'm interested. Why why would you formulate it in that way? 
I mean, because we don't know, right? I mean, <laughs> that's the whole point of why we started Batland or why I was at least uh, motivated to do it because I never really know where I feel home. I mean, it's kind of like the prevailing topic of every issue in a way. But, I f but we found that this issue was especially, you know, tied to the notion of homeland and what it actually means and digging into archives of memories and um, history as well as, um, you know, um, just like rethinking the past. And we thought, you know, it's a good time to ask yourself, like, right now, after being all over the place for the past years, to really sit down and think, like, am I home? Like, you know, do I want to be here? What do I feel like? Because it's this, I think it's a question we can't ever answer. And I think the issue is also doesn't really answer the question. It's more about just like this impulse that we wanted to give. Mm -hmm. And so am I right in saying that you're both based in Berlin these days? Uh, no, I'm in Berlin, and Nina is in Zagreb. Yeah, so I actually moved during the um, uh, period of working on this issue. I actually did move back home. Right. <laughs> yeah, she found home. <laughs> so, I mean, I, it was very, um, like, peculiar to us that, I mean, now that we're, like, so deep into, like, we were so deep in working on it that so many like features and uh, initial ideas that we had seemed kind of a bit prophetic with, you know, the um, kind of current situation of people being confined to homes and so many people working from home mm -hmm. and really like reevaluating this idea, you know, what you actualize when you say um, home even, or like, you know, this kind of um, eroding of boundaries between inside and outside. Uh, always anyway worked quite um, like in you know from different places and this was actually the first time that we completed um, a magazine um, by working like long distance. Mm -hmm. So I, I'm interested um, Nina what what the world looks like then from where you're standing now because uh, so much of what's in the magazine is about the Balkans being um, on the outside, on, on the fringes and the other. And so do, does that feel like that's something that is changing and, and that in Zagreb now, does it feel somehow more European or, or more um, part of the centre or does it still feel out on the edge? Um, I think I was undergoing this um, quite, uh, I think, familiar um, situation that um, in a way befalls um, many that, you know, sort of come back from being abroad or elsewhere after a long time and then find themselves as strangers in their own country mm. and keep making comparison to, you know, oh, in Germany, we do it this way. Oh, how <laughs> can we just like, you know, um, in kind of like uh, simplified ways, but um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think um, I would say um, now everything is so much um, like you can almost gain 
um, sharper perspective because everything is on a kind of a standstill that um, allows a new way of, you know, looking at things. And for example, in Zagreb, um, we have a lot of um, tourism that evolved um, during the last years. Um, so this time of the year should be, you know, a quite lively period, kind of active. Uh, I've noticed there's a lot of um, sort of um, staple restaurants and cafes and kind of shops that you would find um, in other European centers mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, that reopened here and I think were a lot uh, oriented towards tourism but of course now that's all kind of like empty uh, like empty shelves mm. so um, there's like both ways you know um, there's this side um, which is obviously Croatia is now quite EU-oriented since the membership a couple of years ago. Um, but then there's also like a quite, um, you know, still lively, um, for example, um, street market scenes and things that, um, you know, are quite still like romantic mm. that you wouldn't find um, in a more um, like capitalist centers and more like developed sure. areas. And I imagine there must be a lot of people who are going through that same kind of, uh, or at least negotiating that same change of going back to a place. So obviously the, the wars in the Balkans through the, the 90s meant that there are now a lot of people in their 20s and 30s who are kind of coming of age. And I suppose trying to deal with figuring out what the identity is it feels like that's kind of the like those are the people that you feature in this magazine yeah totally but it's also it's not just them or like people like me that grew up in the west basically and i'm trying to figure out their identity or like celebrating this hybrid identity but it's also a magazine that really gives voice to the young generation, post-war generation that is growing up in Bosnia and Serbia and so mm. on. Because mm. mm. I think this is like even more important to um, address and to include them. And um, what I found really like one of my favorite features in the current issue is the one with Bosnian artist Shayla Kamaric. Um, I mean, she was always very aware uh, with the blind spots of Europe and um, the looming threat of the excess that the other represents. So, um, you know, it's like, I feel like Bosnia, you know, it's a, it's a country so close to Croatia and Croatia is kind of very westernized through tourism. And, uh, and yet Bosnia, like it's, it doesn't belong to the EU, but it's used by the EU, but then it's like not looked at. And mm, mm. Um, was, know, was this the piece with Europe just dumps their stuff there and then it's just like, <laughs> yeah, you have to see how to handle it by themselves. So I just think it's a very, you know, when talking about the Balkans, it's such, it's politically so charged and loaded. It's like, you know, but if we weren't afraid of, afraid of this, I think it's important to, engage with um topics and realities that are that are uncomfortable for oneself mm. and i think it's so enriching to work with artists like shayla or um other artists we featured before and mm. to really travel to bosnia and to talk to the young people and see what they feel like and um and um 
how the how we could you know contribute something for a better future and to create awareness with our publication mm. and i mean that sense of uh, of a challenging perspective really comes through in the magazine the i think one of my favorite things about it is that you're never you're never quite sure well at least i am never quite sure where a lot of this is coming from so the you you do a, a really neat trick of marrying the kind of nostalgic and really quite sweet with something that feels really strange and and new and interesting but I don't get it and and like that's like that <laughs> creates a really fascinating sort of mix yeah so, I that mean, like, funny though. You don't get it. Like, I know, you know, I know, you know, I know. But I, I should. I, when you read the magazine, at the end, you're like, okay, I didn't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what this is about. No, I, I'd say the experience to me is I read the magazine. I'm like, yep, yeah, yes, yep, yeah, get it, fantastic. And I get to the end, and I think, did did I get that? <laughs> Do I understand that? I mean, the like, for example, uh, you've got that fantastic photo story with uh, Young Hearn, uh, who so you you go off with him and Jurgen Teller, and you go back to Young Hearn's grandparents' place, um, and there's like the kind of kitsch ornaments, and there are the old tape decks in there, and also Young Hearn is doing this like weird fashion shoot. I mean the you know, as a kind of counterfactual, there are so many ways that you could have done a story either about Young Hearn or about this kind of um, identity back on the Austro-Hungarian border. But smashing it all together like that is just, I mean, predictably, I've never seen that done anywhere else. Well, I'd say thank you. <laughs> I take it as a compliment. No, I mean, we had that idea because... You know, I, I, I don't know, Young Hoon is a close friend of mine and we, you know, I've known his family and I, like, I was always amazed by the similarities to, you know, my family in Croatia and what I know. And um, I always wanted to visit him with his, you know, at his grandparents' place because I was inspired by the location. It's just like the whole vibe. And um, so he invited us. He was like, okay, if you want to come by and we can take some pictures. And then I thought... You know who would be better than Jurgen Teller to capture this and to join us so that's what we did and it was like a very you know I wasn't really thinking it through it was more like very intuitive and fun and then you know just there while we were shooting I realized oh I see you know this is what keeps him sane and like mm. that's why he can calm down and to you know soothe his mind after like a you know intense uh, tour or whatever so mm. also just seeing Jürgen Teller sitting next to his grandma and then me and then it's just like it was so bizarre and it was so much fun and um <laughs> you know we all just clicked and it was kind of like uh, a cross-cultural funny connection yeah yeah there's another story that I want to mention because um so the cover that I have uh this image is on the cover and I think it's one of the best covers that I've seen this year um, so it's the the artist Rita Lino or, or Lino um, yeah, Rita, Lino. Rita Lino and so she's got uh, the, the story's called a tool for protection and we would call these doilies I think they're kind of like the yeah. sort of fancy lace things that you put on furniture um, but she's naked and the doilies are like kind of covering her and there's a photo story inside 
which it's just, I mean, again, it's just it brilliantly mixes up this kind of like somehow very kind of sweet and old and nostalgic things like doilies with like this really odd, weird, sexy thing of her photo shoot that I mean, I love that cover. Where did this all come from? So, um, I mean, Rita and I, Rita is my best friend. We always work together. Ah. So uh, she's like <laughs> second half of me. And we were always, we were always talking about shooting something and, uh, you know, just exchanging ideas. And I thought I, I had a lot of like little doilies from my mom as well, uh, from Croatia. And I always wanted to do something with it. And um, actually what I enjoy most is just like, you know, just giving the artist the tool and just, you know, letting her do her magic because she's really good at it when she does it by herself. So, <laughs> you know, that that's what basically happened. And um, I mean, you know, it was like she, she was laughing because also her grandparents have these kind of like dollies and it's not like just solely a Balkan thing, but she was laughing at the fact that I said, that, for example, my family puts these kind of blankets on every single thing in the household. Like, it doesn't matter if it's the computer or if it's like <laughs> anything that can catch dust gets this kind of little yeah. doily on top. So um, I found that very like um, cute and funny in a way. So, you know, we wanted to, um, you know, just break it up and just see uh, if we can create something new with it. So that's what she did. Yeah, well, I like it. It's good. So we're sitting here now uh, with this whole coronavirus thing kind of bubbling away and going on. You've just put this fourth issue out. Um, I mean, when do you start thinking about the fifth issue or is everything really now focused on trying to sell this magazine in these weird conditions that we're, we're living through? I mean, I'm still selling the magazine here in my little studio. So um, I think it's always like, you know, we keep on selling the magazine until it's like sold out. Mm -hmm. um, as we don't really stick to a deadline or any season. Mm -hmm. um, for now, I mean, now even less than before. <laughs> and we just have our advertisers who believe in the cultural value of our publication who are there for us when we are ready. So we really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And apart from that, I mean, of course, we're already like ping ponging ideas for the um, fifth issue. Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to first contributors next week just to see what's going on and what they feel like. And I think we have this kind of very fluid approach to it. We don't just have like one overall you know topic or whatever where we try to force everyone into it we just see how you know the people we work with feel and um how we feel and how we could kind of articulate that through a little introduction to the next main topic but we really have um i mean i'm going to croatia end of the month so you know once nina and i sit down in person i think it's um it will just flow and we will come up with the next issue. That's when the work starts to happen. So when, when do we expect to see number five then? Well, you'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Either end of the year or next year. It all depends how much like um, funding or sponsoring we get in advance. Mm -hmm. Of course, the more we sponsoring we have, the faster everything goes because, you know, <laughs> it's just the way it is. Yeah, but if not, we just have to take the time and, you know, um, stay stay um, 
edit and just see when we are able to publish. All right. Well, um, really good luck with that. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak today. Thank you so much for having us. Okay, that's all for this week. You really can't appreciate this magazine without holding a copy in your hand. So uh, if you haven't already picked one up, you should definitely head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop uh, and order one while we still have it in stock. As Raffaella was saying, it's selling well, so I'm expecting this one's going to disappear before too long. Um, I'd like to say thanks again to Nina and Raffaella for making the time to speak with me. Um, it was really lovely to meet them and I hope you enjoyed uh, the conversation too. If you do want to hear more from us, please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be able to deliver our next ones to you as soon as they're ready. Thanks very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode next week.